Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by millions, James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by millions, Steve Dash Rinko Levers. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Wrong and Wronger, the festive Mardi Gras version. I am Steve, living on a prayer, Olivas, and he is James. You better get used to the smell of brimstone breakwell. <laughs> James, how are you doing tonight, man? I am amazing. I don't know that I would agree with that completely. <laughs> you, uh, you've been to my house. You know how amazing I am because you, well, you saw my newest family member before anybody else did. I did. We are on the heels of my visit to the, uh, the illustrious Breakwell Estate, and the new member of his family is a absolutely delightful little pig. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever said those words in the same <laughs> order in the same sentence, but little Luna was there to greet yes. me. And uh, what a great little pig. I've never, literally never petted a pig before, but she's actually very soft and very docile. I was surprised. This is true. She has many more years to grow up to be big and surly, but right now she's perfect, so we're just going to focus on that time. (laughs) Always live in the moment. (laughs) And then Gilly came oinking through the kitchen like like Walter Matthau in The Odd Couple. Just angry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I was with you all the way till the dated references, and now we're now we're gone again. <laughs> well, the visit was there, and James, I got to tell you, your kids are completely nonplussed when it comes to Uncle Steve walking through the front door now. Whoa! Because Uncle Steve, when did this happen? <laughs> Uncle Steve, yeah, I walked in, and uh, I think May is your second to youngest daughter. Is Sec- that correct? Lucy's the second to youngest. Okay. Lucy it was then. I think it was Lucy. I don't know. I walk through the front door and your wife is on the couch and the four girls are kind of laying on and around her. And uh, it must have been Lucy, but Lucy said, hi, Steve. <laughs> I walked in like that. Uh, all right. No and then uh, she proceeded to let me know, we're watching Power Ranger Dino Squad. And I said, all right, thank you very much. And sat down and joined the festivities. <laughs> That's just how that night was going to go. There's going to be some Power Ranger action. It's You take it or you leave it. And nobody was buck naked, so I was very pleased with how your family sort of held itself together while I was there. Yeah, you, you, didn't, you didn't stick around quite long enough. You left a tad earlier than last time, <laughs> so we avoided disaster. Speaking of buck naked, so I'm still in the hotel, as you can see by yeah, the I do. Uh, hotel conference room <laughs> around me. James, tell me, in the wrong and wronger spirit, which is worse? Uh, kind of flip-flopping through the hotel lobby wearing pajama bottoms and slippers, or... Flip-flopping through the hotel lobby wearing pajama bottoms and slippers, the staff noticing it's you, and then just going right back to work. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be so happy when you move out. They're just (laughs) disgusted by your presence in general. They're not even phased by anything (laughs) that I do anymore. It's quite remarkable. It is. You know, you could have, rather than doing the fancy hotel route, you could have tried to live under a bridge for a few days or or maybe in a trash can, okay? You've got the Oscar the Grouch countenance already. You could have pulled it off. I was kind of hoping you would open your home to me that evening, but as your daughter started to yawn, you're like, well, all right, uh, nice to have you, Steve. I'll see you next time. Yeah, we brought in the bouncers and you were gone. Man, and I'll tell you what, the taser, I've still got two little burns on my back. It wasn't nice the way that went down. 
You did drink beer this time, though, after I shamed you last time for not drinking it, making me put up with you sober, so I appreciate that. Thank you for being susceptible to peer pressure. It was good beer, too, and uh, locally sourced, from what I understand. Bloomington beer. Yeah, I accidentally gave you the good beer. Next time, I won't make that mistake. <laughs> well, I like two kinds of beer, Miller Lite and free. So yours was just as good. There you go. Well, this is the podcast where we argue slash debate slash have a gentlemanly disagreement about certain topics that everybody has an opinion on, but no one ever really talks about. And James, we actually have a really good one today, kind of a kid-centered one in the face of the upcoming holidays. What shall we discuss debate today? We are going to debate the ultimate family attraction. Should it be zoos or museums? Zoos or museums. Mm -hmm. All right. And as per usual, I have here the Guam Quarter of Fate that still I've only seen one duplicate out there on the interweb. <laughs> what shall the two sides represent for you? All right. Heads, I'm arguing zoos. Tails, I am arguing museums. Heads is zoos. Tails is museums. Mm -hmm. It is up. It is down. And it is heads. If anybody can see here, it is heads. So you, sir, have zoos. That, that's good because I actually, here in Indianapolis, have a membership to both the Children's Museum and the zoo. I have, I have the market cornered on both, you know, time-wasting family function destination. And let me tell you something. The zoo blows the museum out of the water. It's got actual living animals. You can show your children what nature is really like. There are things, you know, reacting and moving around. You go to museums, you see things that have been dead for millions of years. Like, look look at this sad story of death and decay. Oh, and your <laughs> life too shall end, dear child. Just remember that. To dust we shall return. But here at the zoo, <laughs> at the zoo, everything is full of life. There are baby animals. There are birds flying around. It is a place of hope. It is a place of joy. It is not someplace where things just sit there collecting dust and making us sad. Zoos are better than museums. There's no contest about it. You want to know sad, James? Sad is seeing a polar bear in the bottom arc of a true clinical depression. <laughs> that uh, just laying, paws over its majestic eyes, wishing that it was back in its homeland, in its natural habitat, frolicking with other polar bears. Uh, doing little dances through the ice and through the water, being like water ballet and dancing with the stars. But no, when you're in a zoo, it's on a rocky outcropping over a small pool of water and the bear is looking for a rope to hang itself with. <laughs> That's what zoos give you. Yes, when you're in a zoo, it's animals outside of what they're supposed to be. It's like taking you and putting you somewhere normal and quiet, not having two pigs and four kids running around. You wouldn't know what to do with yourself. In a museum, you have the opportunity of laying things out exactly as you need to, to be as instructive as possible to the children. It's all about the kids, James. Children are our future. Every child is perfect and beautiful just the way they are. And it's because of museums. They can create dioramas that teach kids history right there in three dimensions. And it's all static, so it doesn't matter. One thing is not going to eat the other. They don't have to worry about <laughs> separating the lions from the gazelles or there's going to be some kind of Valentine's Day bloodbath one night if a lion... No children will fall into a museum pit and get eaten. Nobody's going to have to shoot anybody. The museum is the perfect opportunity to <laughs> what learn. What zoos are you going to? Oh, I can't even remember the details because I don't pay attention to life. But didn't the kid fall into a like a gorilla cage and they had to shoot the gorilla? That was a big deal a while ago. That would never happen Are you bringing up Harambe? You're using Harambe as a strike against zoos? 
That child Probably. was rescued. He was saved. And Harambe will be remembered forever. His tragic <laughs> death catapulted him to fame, whereas otherwise he would have been an anonymous gorilla. And let me tell you, right. okay, go and finish your points. No, I've got to destroy just, you. <laughs> whatever weird natural-born killer's argument you're going to make, just go ahead. Let me tell you the story of two polar bears. There was the oh. polar bear at the Indianapolis uh, you know, zoo, and his, his enclosure was state-of-the-art in the 80s. He was very happy. He had some water. He could swim around. The water was pretty cold. But as as the understanding of animal science developed, they decided it wasn't big enough and grand enough for him. So they shipped him off to a bigger and better zoo because these zoos have the best interest of the polar bear at heart. Then there was the polar bear at the Children's Museum, which some hunter shot in the 40s. And they stuffed his corpse and they put him up there, like 16 feet tall, to scare children for decades. Until finally, they're like, this is a horrible message. What have we been teaching generation after generation of children? And so they hid it away in the basement somewhere. No! Okay, what? so, yeah, no, this is a true story. I've been oh there. I God. saw both polar bears. Let me tell you something else about that zoo polar bear who's now on zoo number number two of his easy life. Okay, they show all those sad global warming videos about these polar bears overheating and starving and being miserable. You know who's not yes. overheating and starving and doing any of those things? That zoo polar bear. He is leaving, living a life of luxury and ease. You know who's really unhappy? That dead polar bear at the Children's Museum. He is the most <laughs> happy of all, of all possible polar bears. James, I read the clipping on that polar bear. It died of natural causes, and the Eskimos <laughs> had a choice. They could either eat it or send it to a zoo, I mean, to a museum for educational purposes. And you know the reason your polar bear was shipped to zoo number two? It's because they ran out of Prozac in the greater Indianapolis area. They didn't know how to dose something that weighs 700 pounds, and so they had to get it to a different zoo who had more access to pharmaceuticals. They're drugging up the polar bears, are they? You don't even know what a happy bear looks like. Let me tell you something. Bears are the laziest animal in the history of the world, okay? They became nature's perfect killing machine. But do they real, do they rule the earth? Do they go and conquer us all and slay all the animals? No. They became the apex predator so they could nap half the year. They hibernate. Like, I'm so big and bad that I can take a six-month nap and nobody will touch me, okay? That is their only ambition in life. They are, they are the most perfectly suited animal for a zoo. I mean, I can't think of a better. Just go in there and hibernate. We'll feed you. Okay, I'll take that deal. I would live in a zoo. That sounds amazing. Okay, what if, yeah, what? well, I don't doubt that, but all right. My, yeah. My, my life kind of is a zoo already. I'm already there. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. But now that you bring it up, Old MacDonald comes to mind. But I had one other story for you, which is the only platypus I have ever seen in my life is a stuffed platypus at the Milwaukee County Museum in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I've never seen a real platypus. I'm not even positive if they actually exist still or if they went the way of the dodo bird years ago. But there is a stuffed platypus in the main lobby of the Milwaukee Museum. Could I have seen a platypus if I would only go to zoos? Heck yes. no, because no, I can't. Do you have a platypus in the Indianapolis not Zoo? Not at this I specific zoo, but there are zoos worldwide. We're not arguing my zoo against you know one random museum. We're arguing all zoos against sure. all museums. Sure, no, hey, listen. If I can afford a plane ticket to go to Yemen to be able to see a platypus <laughs> in a zoo, 
I got bigger problems I got to worry about. I wanted to see a platypus and a museum is the place to do it. And that museum, that platypus has been there since at least 1973 when I first saw the platypus because you don't have to keep rotating your stock in a museum. If you find something that works, bam, you stick with it. It's not going to die on you. It's not going to eat one of the handlers. It's not going to get scurvy. It's not going to throw poop at all. There are signs around the ape cages to be very careful because they're, they're prone to throwing poo at some of the children when they make googly eyes at them. Do any museums... Museum exhibits throw poop. I dare you to find one. I challenge you, Breakwell. Challenge accepted. I seem to recall <laughs> a certain Virgin Mary statue being made out of elephant dung. Do you remember that one? Oh, what are you talking? <laughs> you mean art museums? Yes, let's Is jump over to art museums. We're talking oh museums versus God. zoos. Art museums are the worst. I've been to a few. I tried to take my kids to one in St. Louis because it was free. I thought, what do we have to lose? What I had to lose was my sanity. Oh my gosh. You want to you send people into a panic, walk into an art museum with four kids and just watch those gallery people go, oh my gosh, I thought they were all going to have a nervous breakdown. I was carrying, I was carrying my youngest on my shoulders, like, sir, you can't do that. I'm like, all right, I'll put her on the floor. She's gonna run amok and destroy your masterpiece. But okay, let's <laughs> by all means set the children free. And man, then then uh, then Lola and I, the other day, we were at, we were down in Dallas for a wedding, and we had a few hours to kill. And the art museum was free down there too. We thought, oh, what the heck? The kids aren't here. We'll go to one. And let me tell you something. Those kids made us dodge a bullet in St. Louis because art museums <laughs> are the worst. You go in there and walk through the entire thing. There was this room where it was like 24 pictures on the wall, just, just solid black pictures. And then there was like a oh. white dot that got a little bit bigger in a few of them. And the guy was standing there and he's like, do you understand what you just saw? I said, no, I have no idea what I just saw. He's like, well, and he gave this big elaborate explanation about how some artists sure. left these, these, you know, films out and, and it was exposed to light by accident and it shows the progression from life to death. And I was like, what I'm hearing is some artist screwed up had trash yeah. photos. It's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call this an art exhibit and make a bunch of money. That's what happened <laughs> oh, there. Oh, art man. museums are a scam. And if you're going to, if we're going to argue museums versus zoos, we have to argue <clears throat> the entirety of museums against the entirety of zoos. There are no bad zoos, but there are very bad museums. Oh, and that's why zoos win. No, you cannot bring art mu Art museums aren't real museums. <laughs> They're buildings where pretentious people go to wear scarves and berets and to eat brie. That's what happens at art museums. Nothing is art if everything is art. That's my argument to art. But regular museums are great. And I'll give you one story of my own quick. I got kicked out of a building at Harvard University because of a pretentious art museum loophole, which is when you're in the art museum, you can't be wearing a backpack. And I was uh, actually not wearing a backpack, but I was with a guy who had like a merce with him. He was a little <laughs> off anyway. But the security guard tapped him on the shoulder and said, you can't wear that in here. And you've got to leave it in the rack like the students do at the yeah. front door. And we're all adults at the time. And he's like, I will not be doing that. And the security guard said, then you will not be in here. <laughs> and I walked out first and turned and took a picture of a security guard escorting him out of a building at Harvard University. And I still have the picture. I've been kicked out of Harvard. That's the caption. I, uh, we had to follow the same rule when we were there because we had some souvenirs for the kids. Because we just had like three hours to kill before our flight. and We didn't have anything else to do. And they said, go check your bag. And we just checked our bag because we're reasonable adults. Like I never, It never <laughs> occurred to me I should get thrown out of this art museum over this bag. That's a good use of my time. And that's for ever going to be the difference between me and you and my friends and your <laughs> friends. <laughs>
whatever. We've hit the 15-minute mark, and I'm pretty sure we've decided that museums are better. But just for the sake of pulling through everything we need to pull through, which we did not compliment each other, by the way. Oh. But you may f roll your dice, your loaded dice, and figure out who is going to win that's named Steve this week. First, I'm going to compliment you at the end of this episode. I would like to compliment you really? on finally accepting that I have nothing worthwhile to compliment you about. So you just let the segment slide. So props to you on that for finally accepting reality. I want to give you a compliment, which is the arc that your and my relationship has taken has almost come back to the start, but we're not quite there. The first time we ever met, you tweeted out, I met somebody from Twitter and I didn't get murdered. Like you were surprised. And now I come strolling into your house and your kids say, hey, Steve, when I walk in, it's like... <laughs> They're far too familiar. I will have to refresh the moat. Get the get get bigger alligators this time. And by the way, props on props on losing last week. You know, once again, you could not pull it's up. Just dumb. That's the way I look at these polls. I don't even remember what we argued about. The important thing is you lost, and that fills me with joy. It's dumb. All right, so let's let's make it two in a row for you. So if you want to vote for zoos. <laughs> And the joy that they bring to my children, your children, and the world in general, vote for 48. If you want to vote... 48, Jimmy Johnson. If you want to vote for Steve's pretentious art museums that he gets thrown out of because he can't <laughs> handle himself in society, vote for 32. And if you want to... Go Harris again. Throw your vote away, vote for 29. 29, Rod Woodson. All right. All right. <laughs> Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Can you believe another episode is in the bag? I am certainly already not looking forward to next week. But until next week, this is Steve Olivas for James, the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell. Yeah, you take a bow. Saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and remember, as always, two wrongs can make a right. <laughs>